Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, everyone, and welcome to My Millennium Money Professional. My name's Devraga. I'm your host, and in this episode, we will discuss the concept of downsizing when it comes to human resources. Now, typically when people talk about downsizing, they talk about getting older, kids have moved out of the house, and you want to downsize your lifestyle. You want to downsize your home. You want to downsize your car. That's not what this episode is about. This is specific to human resources. So more business focused. Now, in the next episode, we will talk about the concept of right-sizing, which is also in the realm of business and human resources. Let's get started. If you want me to discuss a specific topic, or if you have a specific question, don't hesitate to contact me via Twitter or via Facebook. And for those of you that are new to the channel, remember the three main aims, education, empowerment, and entertainment. Now, when it comes to the term downsizing, most people think about retirees whose kids have grown up and they still have a very big house and a big lifestyle, which they want to sell and downsize to a smaller property and reduce their expenses and downsize their lifestyle. But in this episode, we will talk about downsizing from the point of view of big business reducing the human resources and workforce. So what is downsizing in that context? This is when companies decide to lay off workers and downsize their workforce. Unfortunately, in 2023, this has been happening quite a lot with inflationary pressures and rising cost of living and, of course, rising costs of running businesses. It means profits are at risk of being eroded. We know for any business, labour and workforce is the most expensive element of running the business. However, when companies downsize, they utilise strategies and don't do it willy-nilly. So the definition of downsizing in this context is strategic termination of multiple employees, mainly with the objective of restructuring and cost reduction. This makes the organisation leaner and thinner, often referred to in slang terms as trimming the fat. It is also known by these other terms, such as corporate downsizing or corporate reorganisation or restructuring. You would have heard that in the media, corporate restructuring. That's basically code word for we're going to be a bit more leaner when it comes to our human resources. There are four things to consider when making the decision to downsize the workforce. Number one is performance of employees and the overall organization. Number two is productivity. Number three is efficiency. And number four is competitiveness. If you look downsizing, which has occurred in the 2022 and 2023 financial years, there are two big tech companies that come to mind. Number one is Microsoft. They've reduced their workforce by 5%. They had about 220,000 employees. So a 5% reduction is a really big number. That's 11,000 jobs gone. The second company is Twitter. Used to have 7,500 employees, which was famously downsized to less than 3,000. This was instigated by Elon Musk, who was the new owner at the time. 
Usually when ownership changes, that's when downsizing becomes a thing on the cards. It's also vital to understand that downsizing often occurs in the private sector much more commonly than the public sector. When the public sector downsizes, often the contracts offered to private companies suffer the most and suffer the first rather than a headcount reduction. But this did also happen in healthcare in 2023 when they shut down government-funded respiratory clinics at the end of the financial year. In fact, the last one shut down just in October. In Victoria especially, they had an abysmal public health department and the funding was cut even further in 2023. So watch out for Pandemic 2.0. What are some of the reasons companies downsize? Number one is excess staff. There are just way too many people around, which have been accumulated over the number of years. Number two is technological advancements. Less humans are now necessary to do the same job thanks to robotics, add other technologies as well. Number three is outsourcing. Sometimes it's cheaper to outsource rather than employ people. BPO is a good example when call centres, etc. all got outsourced. Although if not done properly, it just means it backfires spectacularly. So a lot of the times the call centres for Australian companies went overseas, but now have come back. Number four is decreasing demand. Basically, the company's products or services are no longer as popular, so you don't need as many people to create the same number of products or services or even run the company. Number five is economic factors. Recessions mean people have less money to spend, therefore don't buy products or services, which affects businesses in general, which lays off workers, which means they have even less money to spend and the cycle continues. That is, the economy is a feedback loop between businesses and consumers. If you consume less, then businesses don't need to exist as much, which means you lose jobs. Number six is industry decline. The thing is, industries which existed perhaps 50 years ago don't exist today. Things change, humans evolve, and opportunities change. Number seven is mergers. When companies merge, they look at the total headcount and the parent company may already have people doing the work for the smaller company that they take over so they can just lay off their smaller company workers. Unfortunately, downsizing is a corporate concept and not a personal finance concept, but it has adverse impacts on your personal finances of your hip pocket and other people. And it's not very nice for these people that have been laid off. Now, in terms of mergers and acquisitions which result in downsizing, there are two main types. Number one is vertical integration. This is when a company acquires a producer, supplier or seller of a product or service. In other words, the company acquires a company vertically above and underneath in the product chain. Number two is horizontal integration. In this case, the company acquires a competitor that sells a comparable product. So it acquires a company horizontally in the production chain. Now here are two examples or three examples of vertical integration. The first one is Birdseye. We all know this company from Woolies and Coles. They sell frozen foods. And my favourite is the Birdseye Veggie Burgers. I love them. They own the factories which process these foods. They also own the distribution networks. So that's Birdseye. Number two is Netflix. Initially a DVD rental company, now a global streaming behemoth. And now they make their own movies and TV series, etc., etc. And number three is tech companies like Apple. They're starting to design and manufacture, 
produce and distribute their own products. And this reduces costs and gives them more control of their products and services. Nowhere is this more obvious than when Apple decided to have their own chips called M-chips instead of Intel. Now, here are examples of horizontal integration. Number one is Vodafone and Idea. Two large telecommunications companies in India both merged and ended up having market share of over 400 million customers. The main competitor is Reliance. Prior to that, Airtel dominated the telecommunications industry. Currently, the Indian government is the majority shareholder of this company, which is Vodafone and Idea. Number two is Marriott and Starwood two big hotel chains. In 2016, which eventually was completed in 2018, they basically merged. Marriott acquired Starwood. And post-merger, Marriott is now the largest hotel chain company in the world, with over 8,000 properties across 139 countries, with over 1.5 million hotel rooms. The chances are, when you travel, you probably are staying in a Marriott hotel chain. Now, I'm a Marriott customer myself pretty much the only chain that I stay in. Number three is steel merger. Mittal merged with Arcella and became one of the largest steel manufacturers in the world. It's based in Luxembourg, I assume for taxation purposes. They are currently the second in the world in terms of steel production volume-wise. China Bavua Group is the largest in the world based in China. Now, it's not all bad news. It's sometimes good news for companies as well. And here's why. It reduces costs Usually, corporate restructuring is just corporate speak for downsizing and reducing the employee count. Labor is the most expensive part of any organization, so reducing the employee count means immediate savings. Sometimes the organization owns things like leave entitlements and pay entitlements, but we are looking at the longer-term picture. So there's a bit of an expenditure in the immediate hip pocket, but over time, the aim is to save money. Number two is redefining operations. Having less bureaucrats means things can be done more efficiently. If you're a doctor working in the public health system or any health system, you will notice so much bureaucracy. Some of it is so nonsensical, the mind boggles. No private company will allow the level of bureaucracy that is allowed in the public health system. Number three is it excludes similar costs. By reducing the number of employees, you're eliminating people who do similar work. Is it really necessary to have multiple staff doing exactly the same thing? Number four is optimization of performance. If you have less people working, there is less often confusion. It also means more streamlined, efficient performances from the people involved. Have you ever attended a meeting with heaps and heaps of people and the meeting team leader is too nice and allows everyone to speak on the so-called have-your-turn approach and in the one hour you look at what's been achieved and nothing in fact has been achieved? This sort of thing happens in organisations especially in public hospitals, all the time. Number five is it's a strategy during economic downturns, which allows corporations to do well despite economies crashing. It's just a bit artificial. Whenever there's a bit of economic crisis, you will notice downsizing and corporate restructuring happens a lot. Now, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, let's look at some of the strategies companies may utilize to downsize. Be right back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, welcome back. So what are some of the strategies companies can utilize to downsize? There are three main strategies. Number one is voluntary downsizing. Number two is involuntary downsizing. And number three is right-sizing, which I'll do in a complete episode on this in the next episode. So what is voluntary downsizing? This is when companies may offer some major incentives for employees to get laid off themselves. This might include early retirement packages or options, payouts for unused annual leave, which I need to anyway, and this strategy is useful to target the aging workforce who may actually be waiting to retire, and the time of downsizing may be the right time for them. This actually happened to a lot of public healthcare workers when COVID struck or just after COVID when basically we're getting so many patients, and some of the doctors and nurses went, you know what, I don't need this. Now is the time to retire. That happened in the private sector and also in the public sector. So now we have a relative deficiency of healthcare workers in this country. And no, it's not because of the vaccine mandates. So I know what some of the people have been thinking, it is not. The majority of healthcare workers are fully vaccinated and there's only a small proportion who are not and they are not contributing a significant amount to the deficiency. Stop it. The next one is involuntary downsizing. This is when the company has no choice but to involuntarily lay off workers. This is a terrible thing for the employee, and hopefully they've had plenty of time to adapt and may even have another job lined up. Sometimes this isn't possible, so it's even more devastating to the workers. This is the most disruptive to the workforce, but also the quickest way for a company to downsize and save costs. This damages the overall employee morale and motivation and also reduces engagement from employees in the short term. Now, lastly, what is right-sizing? I'll do an episode dedicated to this, but basically the company focuses on streamlining processes, eliminates duplication of workforce who do similar duties. This is mainly to improve efficiency and productivity and also reduces costs at the same time. There isn't any mass layoffs using this approach. More about it in its own dedicated episode coming up. So, there are three main strategies of downsizing. The first strategy is workforce reduction. This can be done the following ways. You can lay out people, allowing employees to have incentives. We've already talked about this before. You can have early retirement. Again, already mentioned before, incentivizing people to take redundancy packages. Number three is relocation. Sometimes employees may need to relocate to another city or state and have the option to or the job description changes, and they may fit into a new role as a company looks to streamline its workforce and operations. Sabbatical, which can be unpaid, put them on leave as they're no longer required for a period of time and promise to rehire them. 
And number five is hiring freeze. This is actually not uncommon. It's probably the easiest way to downsize relatively. I call it downsize by stealth. In fact, this happens in the health industry a lot. They block recruitments to control the cost of labor, then pile on more work on existing employees to cover the workload. Hello, interns and residents. And number six is salary reduction, offering flexible work options for employees, such as work from home or reduced working hours, which means overall wages can be driven down. This affects the bottom line for the company. Now, the second strategy is work redesign. There is no further significant layoffs in this strategy, as often the first strategy has done that, but in this case, they may offer redesign of an employee's job description, change their work methods, or even eliminate specific roles and outsource them. This is not a bad strategy because it means the employees are gainfully still employed, albeit in a different role to their initial role. Now, some employees may object or they may get the unions involved and it happens all the time in healthcare. They may ask various departments to collaborate to distribute workload more evenly. In some cases, they may ask various departments to collaborate to distribute workload more evenly. For example, sometimes you may find certain departments, even within hospitals, are way more busier than other departments, but may have the same amount of resources. For example, a ward medreg has a nice planned ward round, whilst the on-call medreg is getting slammed with referrals from ED and other units. The workload may be vastly different in some hospitals. Now, I don't want any medreg hate. I know all of you work so hard, and let's face it, the MedReg job is potentially one of the most soul-destroying jobs in the hospital. It's the most demanding job, I think, in the hospital. As an ex-surgical registrar, I did feel sorry for my medical counterparts, where I used to get a lot of referrals, and I'd just bump them off to the MedReg if there was no acute surgical cause. Now, we've all been through this from the giving end and also the receiving end, so to speak. So thank you, medical registrars, for doing all the hard work. Now, the third strategy is system strategy. This is when companies ask the various heads of departments to find some cost savings. They make them more accountable for expenses. Another way to look at it, maybe the customer targets are too high. So they look at it and reduce it and then realize maybe it's just too hardcore to meet those targets. By relaxing the targets, it means we're able to easily achieve them, albeit with a smaller workforce. Now, what is the survivor syndrome? This is basically after restructuring happens and downsizing happens, it is unfortunately the case some of the colleagues have been laid off and the remaining employees are called survivors. This can have some serious mental health consequences and guilt-driven feelings. Survivors may blame themselves for the situation and will miss their colleagues. There may even be some resentment from those that have left against the survivors. It's a similar situation to someone surviving a tragic event and feel guilty of being a survivor of that event. In downsizing, that's called survivor syndrome. So, what are some of the advantages of downsizing? Number one, it reduces operational costs and increases business profitability. Number two is the company becomes more efficient and more productive due to redesigning the workforce. Number three is the company can choose to retain the best talent and lay off those that are underperforming or a liability to the company, the so-called cream of the crop approach. Number four is the company has an opportunity to look at its values and soul and perhaps come up with new values. This all sounds a bit lovey-dovey, but it's really important. Often when I talk to doctors or manage them, I utilize the values of the organization to remind them why they're there and why they should be there. Then it's up to the doctor to make a decision if they want to stay or want to go. And number five, 
company survival. If there is no company, the outcome and job losses are far worse. So it's the lesser evil of the situation. So we're kind of salvaging the company and salvaging the jobs and hopefully salvaging the economy. So what are the bad things about downsizing, the disadvantages? Number one is survivor guilt. We've talked about that already. Number two is reduced job satisfaction, morale often reduces, uncertainty of job security and less motivation. Number three is potentially promotes greater divide amongst workforce, survival of the fittest mentality and the devious personalities used this as a validation to backstab and do nasty things to their colleagues. The term in healthcare is that person threw me under the bus. Happens all the time and the most affected people in medical workforce are the junior doctors who are usually and easily thrown under the bus by either HR or medical workforce or senior consultants or pretty much anyone in the hospital. Sorry, junior doctors. That should change. Number four is it has a downstream effect. Company customers may start to worry. Less labor workforce means lesser quality and productivity and efficiency. And number five is the company's stock price may be negatively impacted. And this happens to global corporations as investors start to worry. Something bad is up. So we need to pull back our investments. And number six is negative public image. When you're a company that's downsizing and are laying off workers to survive, you are public enemy number one. Watch out for current affair and today tonight. Now, here's my final thoughts on downsizing. Number one is downsizing is the process of restructuring the workforce, where overall there is likely a reduction in the workforce. Number two is this is mainly done to streamline costs and increase a business profitability. Number three is there are pros and cons of this approach and can have devastating consequences for the individual. Number four is there are also immediate benefits for the company, but also long-term consequences of downsizing. Number five, lastly, downsizing is also referred to people who want to reduce their home and asset portfolio. That's a different downsizing and shouldn't be confused with a concept in this episode, which focuses on companies, business strategy, on the workforce and human resources. That's about it for this episode. And even though I joke a lot about the healthcare industry, I just want all the listeners to know that whether you're a junior doctor, nurse, admin, senior consultant, whoever it is that are working very hard every single day, seven days a week, 24-7. It's one of the few professions around the world that is open for business 24-7. So for that, I thank everyone who is right now working and hopefully not listening to this episode and treating your patients successfully, comprehensively and caringly. Now, that's about it for this episode. Remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may be using, or even better, leave a five-star rating on all of the platforms. That's even better for us. And on that note, we have a positive review coming from ZX1389 by Apple Podcast, who says, truly great podcast, extremely informative, not criticizing this podcast at all. Amazing that Dev does it for free. We'll be recommending this to everyone. He keeps concepts simple, but covers topics really well and comprehensively. A must for all of us so that we can maximize our financial independence. Thank you very much to ZX1389 by Apple Podcasts for that wonderful feedback. Now, the more ratings and reviews you leave, the more people get access to the podcast, so please keep them coming. My name's Dev Raga, and this is My Millennium Money Professional. And until next time, please make sure you stay safe. 
We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 